Good morning. I am so happy to be here for many, many reasons. I get to look out among a group of ladies in which have known me for many, many years. Many of you have probably known me during the duration of even raising my children and our family from the time that my husband started here as a student to the time when he graduated and has gone on to work in various congregations. And it is a pleasure, always a pleasure to come home. This is home. You are my family, and I am so glad to be able to be speaking to my family. And as family and friends, we understand that sometimes we have to discuss the difficult things. Sometimes we get to discuss the joyous things, and sometimes we just have to break down and talk about those things that many in the world do not want to talk about. I do not know what you are expecting from this lesson, so please sit down, put your seatbelt on, and be prepared to get what you're going to get. I have been tasked with covering four basic, simple subjects or topics regarding teaching girls to be ladies. What I have been asked to cover is how the Bible defines womanhood, how mothers should train their daughters, the role the church plays, and practical instructions to teach girls how to be women. I'm going to do something that I normally don't do when I speak. I'm going to begin with the practical. I'm going to begin with the practical. Hopefully in the time that has been given to me, I will cover every one of those subjects. Yet I want to start at the end. If you were expecting to hear some things about how we can be ladies, here they are. Bathe daily, pinkies up when you're drinking coffee, and always cross your legs when you're sitting down. Okay, there, that's done. And that's about all you're going to get from me. The truth of the matter is that we live in a time of bold battles. Bold battles for the minds of men. And when I speak of men, I mean mankind, women included. We live in a time where sinners and saints share the same political views, where sinners and saints share the same parental views, where sinners and saints oftentimes share the same spiritual views. And we become confused. We become so looking like the world that sometimes we ourselves are often perplexed as to what to do. I speak at many uh, ladies' days and other workshops, and I am finding that I'm being asked to speak to more practical lessons. It tends to always want to include this practicality, and I get these requests from congregations who are typically receiving a high dose of spiritual content from their pulpits or from their Bible classes. We know what the Bible says. We memorize what the scriptures say. We all have an idea of what the Bible says about women and how we are supposed to be submissive, how we're supposed to be of meek and a quiet spirit. All of those passages of scriptures are constantly drilled into us on a daily basis if we are attending a faithful and sound congregation of the Church of Christ. Yet what I am finding is in the home, 
many of those lessons are not being displayed consistently and daily to the point that our daughters are growing up in a world where they are able to live them out on their own. We have different households. We're married to different types of men. Our daughters are different types of women. We have people that are in different walks and aspects of life. We have those that work outside the home, those that are still in the home, those that homeschool, those that go to public school, those that are going to private school. And we can go on and on of all the differences and the variations of our lives. Yet one thing is common. We all desire to raise spiritual and godly women who are able to raise their children in a spiritual and godly home that leads ultimately to the salvation of their souls. Can anyone in here disagree with that goal? Yet we all have different trials and different things that we face on a daily basis. I need to be very clear on how this needs to be practical. And yet, at the same time, reach every different aspect of our lives. That is not easy. It is not easy at all. I can share with you everything that I did in raising my three daughters. Mike and I have five children, two boys, three girls. And I can tell you all of the things that I did. I lived in a blended family. Let me please explain what a blended family is. I had two children before I was married. I was raised in the Church of Christ, and yet I still did not do things as God has described it for the woman, for the life of a Christian girl. Two children, two different fathers. And then I met my husband, Mike, who before he was a Christian, had a child outside of wedlock also. When we got married, we got married with three children, right off the bat. No honeymoon phase, no alone time, three kids. It was our first marriage. we never been married before, but yet we had children. Many of you may be surprised to know this. Many of you may have already known this. But yet and still, what we did in raising the, that blended family and coming together under those circumstances is we both had a determination that we were going to do whatever it was that God wanted us to do to raise our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We had started wrong. We had done things backwards. But God still had a way for us to reach the goal in which he desired. And that is salvation for the souls of ourselves and for our children. So therefore, the things that I can tell you that I did may not apply to you. The things that I can tell you that we did may not be what, what um, will work best in your home. But what I do have to share, I can tell you, will work best in every home. Every home desiring to be or to raise godly women, you need to have three basic things. Three basic things. Holiness. You must have a determination for holiness. Faithfulness. You must have a determination for faithfulness. And thirdly, good work. Good works. I know it may not surprise some of you, 
But those of you that are raising young daughters or desiring to have children, we live in a very, very divided time. Sexual identities are being skewed. Social identities are being, I don't even want to know, I don't even have the words to explain how it is in this world. I teach high school and I'm around a lot of children that are not raised in Christian homes. And their ideas of life and how to be a woman in this day and time is so far removed from what any of us would ever expect it to be. I need for you as mothers, potential mothers, or even young girls to understand clearly what God has to say about the times in which we live and what it will require from you in order to live out in this time correctly. Please give me a moment to be on a soapbox, if you will, and I promise you I will try not to be on it very long. They have these statistics that are out that are saying that the Church of Christ is losing its children. That as children grow up in the Church of Christ, they are leaving the church when they become adults. And they are opting to go to various denominations or not go to church at all. Some are growing up to be atheists. Some are growing up to be agnostics or even those that just doesn't have an affinity toward spirituality at all. I don't know why this is the case. I don't have any type of general example, I mean, uh, explanation for why this is occurring. I will say this. I do believe that in some way, those that have raised those children in the church have somehow lost their way in reality. Hear what I'm saying. There is nothing wrong with working outside of the home. I, I, I have no scriptural basis for its requirement or lack of requirement. I will say this. We as women have to be prepared to alter our lives for our children. What I mean is we cannot tell our children, tell our daughters that their home is the most important thing. God is the most important thing. That you need to be able to raise them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. But then when it comes to our jobs, they, it, it seems that it becomes more important. That the things that are at home take a, a back seat. We cannot consistently give that message silently while preaching publicly a different message. What I'm saying is that I feel that the inconsistency of the mothers contributes to the demise of the children going in a different direction. I will give you a specific example so that you are clear as to what I'm talking about. I worked, of course, I, I was a single mother. I had a job when I got married. And it just so happened that my job made more money than my husband's at the time that we got married. And of course, with three children, you have to provide. Yet, my job became my ambition. It became everything that I wanted to be good at. 
And you and I both know that when you want to be good at something, you devote a lot of time to it. And as a result of devoting that time to my job, I neglected to see the dangers that were entering into my home. And as a result, one of my daughters was um, sexually abused by the babysitter's son. Member of the church, okay, the family in which I took my kids to were members of the church. So don't get me wrong, I had every intentions of doing everything right, wanted to. Yet it was that trauma that woke me up, opened my eyes, and made me ask myself, what am I doing? What am I doing? And now we had to live with the fact of this trauma that completely affected not only our lives, but the lives of my children. Sometimes I want to ask mothers, what are you doing? Are we even raising our daughters to be prepared to completely change their lives as a result of something that happened or that is happening to their daughters or to their children? Have you financially prepared your home that you may have to quit your job and come home and deal with your children in a way in which you did not expect to deal with them? Are their souls worth it to you that you are willing to drop everything that you have worked for, the four years of college that you've gone to, or the seven years of college to get your master's degree, the years that you've worked to climb up that corporate ladder, whatever it is, your dream job, whatever it is that you're doing that you love so much, are you willing to let it go in order to be there for your children? This is the question that we need to be dropping to our children today. Not what college you're going to. I really don't care. And yes, I'm not saying don't go. Go. But if you're deciding to be a mother, if you're deciding to have a family, you need to make a, the hard decisions. Because everybody's family does not work in this cookie cutter society where they have two parents working at home, they have two and a half kids at home, and they go to daycare and everybody's happy and everything's going so wonderfully well. If we are going to raise girls that are going to be women, if we are going to raise daughters that are going to be godly, we have to accept the hard fact that society Satan and its influences have a strong pull on them. And are we equipped, are we prepared to deal with that influence, to deal with that pull on a daily basis from the home? I would dare say that some of us are not. That trauma that occurred in my family changed my life. No longer was my job the important thing. No longer was the two incomes important. Now, it was the souls, the protection, and the care of those kids that God had blessed me to have. I can tell you, my husband devotes tremendous amount of time to study and to care of God's word. 
in order that every lesson that he gives, whether it be on Sunday or any class that he is asked to teach, is filled with God's word. It's filled with God's instructions. It's filled with God's guidance. And too many times we have been a part of families or seen families that go home and completely ignore everything that was taught. I want to ask you today, in teaching our girls how to be ladies, are you ignoring some of the complete biblical truths of God's word? For a girl to be raised to be a virgin until she gets married doesn't, doesn't take her just coming to worship every Sunday morning, to Bible class on Wednesday night. And as much as, as great as it is, yes, having devotions at your home, perfect idea, wonderful, please do them. But it will take you specifically being involved in her life to be, have those conversations with her that you don't want to have. You have to talk about sex. You have to talk about boys. You have to talk about the things that they are bombarded with on a daily basis, whether it be from the music that they listen to, from the, the TV shows that they watch, or the friends that they have. You have to be the most nosiest parent out there. And I don't care what society says, they don't get privacy if they're living in your home. None of my kids had privacy. Yes, I was nosy, still am, and they're grown. But my point is, is that if you are not that involved, if you are not that in tune, guess what? There's going to be an influence, there's going to be a seed that's going to be planted in the heart of your child, and you're not going to know it's even there until this, this full grown. And then when it's full grown, what are you going to do with it? Teaching girls how to be ladies, and this is just from what I've seen and what I've experienced, is not in the daintiness of their attitude. It's not just in the clothing that they wear. It is teaching them to be soldiers. We, we sing the song, Soldiers in Christ Arise. We we have the attitude, we understand that being a Christian is to be a soldier in Christ. But are we prepared to teach our daughters how to be those type of soldiers? How to ward off sin when it comes? How to be able to understand that sin enters as a thought in your mind and then it develops and then it grows into something that you are willing to act out in your lives? I desire for every one of my daughters to be virgins. As a matter of fact, I desire that for my sons. But we live in such a sexual society that the songs that they listen to, the friends that they're around, it is, it is so infiltrated in everything. We have to teach them how to guard their hearts. You have to know your daughter. You cannot expect for her to be the, the pretty princess because she's an extension of you. Yes, they're wonderful. I love my kids, but I expect for Satan to attack their hearts, and I treat them as such. Satan is coming for you. I really want and desire so much more for our daughters to be that influence in the world that is needed. We need girls that are not afraid to say, I am a virgin. 
and I am happy to be so. We need girls that are willing to say, I love God more than I love my, my, my appearance or popularity or acceptance from others. So many times our young girls are willing to sacrifice what they know is right in order to be accepted by the world, to be accepted by their peers. And are, are, are we as mothers seeing that happen in their lives in real time and dealing with it? I pray that you are thinking. I pray that I have your attention. I normally do not give lessons like this in this way. I am a very much, I am a person that enjoys the written word. I love to share God's word and give a sense of what it means to expound on its original language, whether it's in the Hebrew or the Greek. I love to do the research. I love to look at God's intent from the beginning of time till now because it is my strength. But if we're going to continue to ask for practical lessons, here you go. You need to believe what God says and do it no matter what. Sports teams are not that important. Dance teams are not that important. Cheerleading is not important. All of those things that the world hypes up, not important. We are sacrificing the souls of our daughters for something that will mean or that means absolutely nothing. And we're ignoring the weightier things of the law. Now, I haven't even looked at my notes yet. <laughs> I saw this passage in Psalms chapter 144 and 11 through 15, and it seemed to be so appropriate for this particular lesson. And what I did was I took this passage of scripture and I looked at it in the King James Version and then I looked at it in the New King James Version and I kind of merged the versions together because I felt that it, it said something more in doing that. Psalms chapter 144 and verses 11 through 15 says, rid me and deliver me from the hand of strange children whose mouth speaks vanity, and their right hand is a right hand of falsehood, that our sons may be as plants grown up in their youth, that our daughters may be as cornerstones polished after the similitude of a palace, that our barns may be full, supplying all kinds of produce, that our sheep may bring forth thousands and ten thousands in our streets, that our oxen may be strong to labor, that there be no breaking in nor going out, that there be no complaining in our streets. Happy is that people who are such, are, who are in such a state. Yea, happy is that people whose God is the Lord. Are we raising daughters that are cornerstones, 
polished after the similitude of a palace? Are we raising families that our sheep bring forth thousands and ten thousands? That we are producing oxen that are strong, that our bonds are full. Are we raising that kind of family? Are we raising that kind of family to where there is no complaining in our home? Are we raising that kind of family where we are happy because we are doing what God would desire for us to do? Happy is that people whose God is the Lord. I can tell you that we need to be more specific to doing what the word of God says. We need to be specific in doing more closely what the word of God says. There is no compromising. We cannot compromise with modesty. We cannot compromise with the, the secular things of the world. We cannot compromise with a little bit of, of profanity that comes to our home through songs or through music. We cannot compromise with a little bit of nudity that comes to our home through uh, movies either. We cannot compromise on those things. And is it hard to get a teenager to not do things that they're supposed to do? Yes. Yes, it is hard. But it has to start when they're young. It has to start when they are at the age where they're little. No, don't put your two-year-old in a two-piece bathing suit or a half shirt and say, oh, look at how cute they are. No. Don't allow for your little two-year-old to talk back to you and think, oh, that's just so funny. Don't allow for the little stuff to occur because one day that little stuff is going to become something big. We need to take God at his word. The world will not accept it. I have lost friends because of things in which I said were not going to occur in my home. They would tell me, you're too strict on your kids. You're too this on your kids. Every kid is going to do this. Every kid is going to do that. I get that. But I am not listening to the world on how to raise godly children. I am not listening to the world on how to raise my daughters to be women. And I'm asking you, I'm begging you, you don't either. The world does not have the answers when it comes to what God is expecting for women. I apologize to you. I'm apologizing to you right now because I had an outline of Various scriptures, 101 scriptures, matter of fact, 103 pages of things in which I wanted to share with you. But I changed it because of this. We know what God's word says. The question is, are we willing to make the sacrifice to do it? Are we? I pray that it doesn't take a trauma to wake you up to the things that are going on in your daughter's lives. I pray that it doesn't take 
something catastrophic or something violent or something just irreversible to occur for you to realize that you have to get back to being to doing as close to God's word as humanly possible in order to combat the things that are coming toward us in the world. I hope you were not expecting some lesson to teach your daughter how to wear a dress to her ankles or to cross her legs or to put her pinky up. I really hope you were not. We have to be stronger Christians. We have to be. We have to be more focused on our soul than we are on our exterior or external position in life. I pray that you are thinking more closely on how you are going to choose to raise your daughter when you have them. I hope you are going to be more intentional with the daughter that you have. I hope that daughters are going to be willing to do the hard things to please God and not yourself. It will make all the difference in the world. As I close, I ask you to pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time. We thank you for so much for this opportunity for us to come together as women of God, as mothers, as grandmothers, as daughters, and as women who desire to one day be mothers. I ask you, dear Heavenly Father, that you open the hearts of every single woman in this room. I ask that you open their heart to heed your word, to heed your word in detail and in specifics, to heed your word to raise daughters that will be soldiers in your kingdom. I pray, dear Heavenly Father, that we are willing to do the hard things because you did the hard thing for us. You gave us your son so that we can have a hope for eternal life. I pray that we are willing to sacrifice our careers. I pray that we are willing to sacrifice our own personal wants and wishes in order to fulfill your will, your will in the lives of our daughters and your will in the lives of our own families. I pray, dear Heavenly Father, that you continue to strengthen us through your word. I pray, dear Heavenly Father, that we take seriously the great responsibility that you have given each and every one of us. Please continue to be with us. Please continue to strengthen us. And I pray, dear Heavenly Father, that we continue to stand together as a family of your children. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.